It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. As bewitching and romantic a bride as ever touched the heart of the world. It's been 25 years since we lost Diana. She was a mother, sister, commanding public figure, and of course, the people's princess. She was just an icon, really, and everybody loved her. I love Diana. I was very upset when she died, and we know everything about Diana. A quarter of a century on, we're still fascinated with her. Just look at the TV shows, films and documentaries, which continue to draw huge audiences around the globe. Diana, for the good of the country. For the country. But one of Princess Diana's greatest achievements, which can often be overlooked, was her charity work. Her ability to harness her juggernaut fame, use it for the greater good, and focus the world's gaze on important issues was second to none. In fact, her legacy in this area is so enduring that it's still at work to this very day. Here to explain how is Paul McCann from the Halo Trust. So Halo's the world's largest landmine clearance charity. We clear landmines in around 29 post-conflict and conflict-affected countries. We were founded in 1988 in Afghanistan by two British soldiers who saw the devastating impact that Soviet-era landmines were having on that country and determined to do something about it. What we do is we hire local people and we train them to safely go into minefields and clear their own communities and make their own towns and villages safe. And it's a model that we've been able to replicate in places as far apart as Cambodia to Colombia. Paul, how did Princess Diana become involved with the Halo Trust? Before 1997, which is when Diana visited the Halo Trust in a minefield in Angola, there'd been a long-running campaign by activists and human rights workers and the Red Cross and people to have a, a ban brought in on landmines. And I believe it was the head of the Red Cross in the UK and indeed a former Telegraph journalist called Jeremy Deeds who who spoke to Diana, got her attention on the subject, and she committed to make a visit to a couple of countries that were affected by landmines. She went to Bosnia later in 97, and in January 97, she visited Angola. And in Angola, she went to a clinic which treating people and a lot of people who had been affected by landmines there. Angola was in the middle of a civil war that had been, that had been running for maybe more than 20 years. At the time... You know, landmines were cheap. You know, you quite often made of plastic. They, in some cases, 
landmines could be dropped out of the sky in by the sack load in parts of Afghanistan. And they stayed in the ground, affecting people long after the conflict had moved on. And in countries like Mozambique or Angola or Afghanistan, Cambodia, literally tens of thousands of people being injured and sometimes killed by landmines. And uh, this really affected Diana. And I think what her intervention was key to doing was in transforming the issue from a military issue to a humanitarian one. There's some iconic images of Princess Diana walking through minefields in Angola. Just explain the story behind those and what happened after. So she made this visit to Angola, which at the time was still an active and live civil war. I can't only imagine how difficult it was for her security people. She visited a a town called Wambo, which is the second largest city in Angola. I don't believe that Wambo has seen since that many international media. I believe something like 80 camera crews came with her on the trip. And she visited an area of mined land that was just outside the town centre, where she met some of the Halo D miners. She spoke to our program manager at the time, a guy called Paul Heslop, who was still, even in such a serious scenario, able to joke with her in front of the cameras, talk to her about the impact that mines have. And then she walked through the minefield. She was very media savvy. She did it twice in case some people didn't get the shots that they wanted. And then she detonated a, a landmine. She then went to a town nearby called BA, which was incredibly heavily, you know, there were still pieces of heavy equipment and explosives littering the streets. You could walk past missile parts on the ground. She also visited clinics where people were being treated. And I think a lot of people will be familiar with quite an iconic image of a young girl called Sandra, who was 13 years old and had lost her leg to a landmine. And she sits with Diana on a wall in front of the world's cameras. And Sandra talks to her about her life. There, There are times in that trip when it was really Diana's humanity that came across that that really captured the um, the impact of landmines, you know, because she was able to sit with victims, show the world what the kind of horrible consequence of these weapons were, that she transformed them from being sort of a kind of hot political issue that a lot of governments didn't really want to get involved with to huge amounts of international pressure for, for a landmine ban to be brought in. There was a little incident when, you know, she's in a clinic and there are journalists interviewing her and she's trying to talk to a, a landmine victim and a journalist keeps sticking a camera under this woman's nose that, that Diana's talking to. And she just keeps leaning over and pushing the camera away. And it's such a human kind of, you know, she's protecting this landmine victim from the intrusion of the media so that she can focus on the woman, so she can listen to her story. And I think it's that kind of human touch combined with her enormous charisma, with her own, you know, consciousness of how um, the media would follow what she did and, and would take some of those imagery and make them iconic that had such a huge effect on um, making sure that the landmine ban was actually passed and signed by hundreds of countries um, later on in 1997. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more about how Princess Diana changed the world. Whilst you're here, why not give the leader a rate and follow? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Paul, how much of an impact did Princess Diana have on the Halo Trust and its work? So for Halo, um, it was transformative. We became something of a household name and we're very widely recognised around the world. I think for the wider landmine issue, it was seismic. Later in 1997, after her death, the Anti-Personnel Mine Ban Treaty was signed in Ottawa. It's now known as the Ottawa Mine Ban Treaty. 164 countries have signed up to it. Probably makes it the most successful, most powerful disarmament treaty that's ever been signed. Almost entirely because of that treaty and because of Diana's influence on it, 55 million landmines have been destroyed. Often some of those were in stockpiles that hadn't been laid yet and were yet to do their damage. And 32 countries have declared themselves mine free. Now, some of those landmines and some of those countries, like the UK, the UK had a landmine problem in the Falklands, perhaps weren't having the huge impact. But in countries like Mozambique, which are incredibly heavily mined, we're causing um, hundreds of casualties every year. The, uh, the achievement of getting rid of all of those landmines would never have been possible without Diana's intervention. There are still countries like Sri Lanka and Zimbabwe and indeed Angola that she visited that are still heavily mined, but they're likely to join Mozambique and others in the coming years and become mine free. And what's really heartening for Halo is that her son, Prince Harry, has continued her legacy on landmines. He's visited Mozambique and Angola with Halo on a number of occasions to visit minefields, to walk in her footsteps and to understand what the issue is and to do what he can to support us. He's uh, an incredible supporter of the Halo Trust. Um, but there's still lots to do. There were 7,000 landmine casualties um, last year around the world. Um, possibly 60 countries still have some level of contamination from landmines. And so the job's not finished yet. And uh, we continue doing our best to make sure the world is landmine free. Do you think there's anyone else who has had that sort of impact that Princess Diana has had on charitable causes? I mean, because of the mine ban treaty being signed, something around $500 million every year has has gone into mine clearance. That's countries that have signed up to clear their own land or countries that are donor nations who contribute to clearing other countries' landmine problem. That's not money that all comes to Halo. That's, that's spread out across some, you know, military organizations, some charities, um, other UN bodies and people who all contribute to, to clearing the world of landmines. It's hard to think of anybody whose influence would have automatically got rid of 55 million mines that all of which could have, could have maimed or killed. And has also brought something like half a billion dollars worth of donor funding into a sector for, you know, multiple decades. So, no, I don't think anybody's ever had that kind of humanitarian impact. What would you say Princess Diana's legacy is? I think there are literally 
um, hundreds of thousands of people who walk the world today on two legs because of Diana's work on landmines. There are people who would have been maimed or killed who, who are now living full and healthy lives because of the work she did. Just for an example of the impact of her work, in September 2019, Prince Harry visited Angola and he visited the spot that she had gone to with Halo. And that's now no longer you know, a barren wasteland full of dangers. It's a street quite close to the center of Angola's biggest city. And there are three further education colleges there. They're teaching children and uh, young people how to become pharmaceutical students. And there are houses there and there are shops and businesses and it's thriving. And lots of students came out to meet Harry and cheer him on while he walked along the track and the only thing that was left remaining, really, is recognisable from when his mother had been there, was a tree, which he sat, and he contemplated. But what really gave him, you know, really made an impression, was how much it had changed. If you once you remove landmines, towns can develop, people can build skills, they can build businesses, they can get on with their lives, and in fact, all of the ch children who came out on the street to welcome, none of them knew it had been a minefield. No, everything had gone, everything had been changed. They had no idea that once it had been the site of an incredible amount of danger. And that's, you know, the most significant thing, I think, is that, the, that, that removing landmines can be totally transformative, and Diana helped do that. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.